trades in commodities, you see. So he thinks this will help his primary function. And he needs, he desires a unit to assist him with processing and interpretation of data. And she's like, I am such a unit. Cute. Oh, wow. So they really met cute in this movie. Yeah, this movie is cute throughout the whole thing. That's a good way to explain it. And uh, this this wasn't a hit. This was a big bomb. And uh, Andy Kaufman, like, shot his own foot in a way because he didn't get... Uh, okay, I don't know. He didn't... This wasn't his baby. You know what I mean? They gave him the right. script. They put him in it. Um, so it's a little unfair. But... Uh, and also, look, they green-lighted his budget... Not him, it's the director and the producer. They greenlighted the budget with under this mistake of R2-D2 and C-3PO are very popular with kids. Can you imagine, Carl? God damn it. Get me production. We need an R2-D2 movie in right. the pipelines now. What about this Kaufman kid? We've been looking to try him out. Yeah, Perfect. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. You mean that Tony oh. Clifton pick? You I'm recognize so the character actor? I recognize the board game. Aren't they playing Hungry Hungry Finger Pointer? Mm -hmm. That's Hungry Hungry Finger Pointer. <laughs> <laughs> Who it's left a... the fridge door open? Mike! I don't, rec I don't recognize any of them. What's up, Carl? He's saying, like, I got my wife the clean up bot and she loves it i don't know this truck and its contents might be valuable to us yeah so let's just save us time it. and energy depreciation oh man these robots have gone bad <laughs> yeah they're breaking bad that. in a, in the uh that camper um where is um god damn it what's his name Catskill, Catskill model. Shecky? Shecky. I thought I made that name up. I didn't. Shecky's a real name? Shecky Green's like one of the world's most famous Catskills comedians. Oh, okay, okay. I In uh, Life's Laugh Lessons, I named the guy Shecky, and nobody batted an eye. I didn't know I was paying homage. Yeah, that's right, you so were. They there was a Jewish humor magazine called Shecky Magazine for a while. <laughs> no, right cool. now she's being a like kind of wife. She's like, my danger sense is. Why don't you reach? You know, could you reduce speed, please? Please check map. I don't need map, honey. Please right, check right. map. So it's like, what'd you do with the robots? They're not there. The fuck? So now Randy Quaid and, and um, gosh, his name's Max. Max okay. and Charlie. Stupid names. Um, oh, here. Here we go. Is that Ned Beatty? You two get pressure. And Good guess. Good guess. Look, Rob, we're trying to Don't look Rob and me, God damn it. It's Richard Stoll, who we saw in Hopscotch. Right. Isn't he, isn't he Arliss? Best known as Arliss. I don't think no. so. 
Nope. Well, he's I best known for Splash. He was the doctor in Splash. Gotcha. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. Run off and, and find, find us a no unicorn. So it's like you guys gotta go, gotta leave the complex and go find him. They're in Colorado. They shot in Colorado. Now nice. it, it gets warm in Colorado, so it really limited the time in which they could have the makeup on. It would start to melt's not the right word. It would start to go bad. Yeah, I mean it looks really restrictive. The the robot robot makeup looks cool, don't get me wrong. Like I would love it to have like that. robots. Yeah, totally. I don't know about the robot with the mouth open to the side. I feel uncomfortable being served food from it. <laughs> I think it'll be mocking me. <laughs> Crime Buster 007. No relation. The James Bond. I got that joke right. Oh, Carl, I watched this movie. Ip, I don't know if you, you're a fan of uh, Ip Man. But the fourth one, uh, Ip Man's in San Francisco in the 1950s. He's the guy who taught Bruce Lee there were no IP uh, addresses in the 1950s. Well, they have, they're in a military base and it's, it's a Chinese production and they have English in it. So the drill sergeant is like, bust your ass. And at one point he goes, put the banana in the tailpipe. Oh, really? From Eddie Murphy? Yeah. yeah, I think the movie was 2003, but the drill sergeant yells at them, banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> we're not following any banana in the tailpipe. It sounds like the military is yelling that. God, I love it. It man, really good. So it man for the finale. Val ran us off the road, you know, because <laughs> women, you know, awkward robot drivers. Right. He was driving crazy, and um, now they got to figure stuff out. You know, they're a little trapped. So they're in Colorado right now, even though it looks like they just shot somewhere. It looks like they shot in your backyard, Carl. No, that looks, look at those pines. That All looks right. like Colorado. Nice. You see that like cooling shade, even though it's hot as shit that the pines give? Yeah. That's that kind of forest. Now, Barry Diamond was with them all the time? Yeah. He's the third He's the wheel. Best. Literally, okay, now, right? They've got all these spare parts. And now that the truck has crashed, They've got to carry him, and that's not efficient, okay? And Val is efficient. So what he does is he and Bernadette Peters assemble a unit, a little robot, with all their spare parts. And what this you know, becomes really yeah. is their child. Oh! Ah! 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 Skip ad. Phew. Thank you. I, for a second, I wanted a beer. There he is. That's our kid. Kid bot. Right. Hello, you are listening to AM DeMarco. <laughs> my your dad Dad, this is my show. Sorry, FM. Wow, there was a lot of shitty robots in the early eighties. I I can't these robots are not as bad as Disney's the black hole robots. Oh, those were horrible. Those were like Sam and Bob. Big, yeah, but this guy. Talk like this. Oh, I think there's a Christian analogy going through the black hole. <laughs> Shut up, Bob. 
that robot smoking a cigar. I think they only made one of him, and they said we should not make a second one. <laughs> he's a cat. He's a he's the stand-up comedian. You can have him for the night. He's a cat skills model. Oh, I got you. Funny thing happened on the way to the yeah, yeah. Humor processing now. Humorous insert. Humorous humorous story. Now the person who really is going to end up loving his jokes is um uh the little guy what's his name how can i not remember what his name is there was a lot of names i saw in the opening credits like a lot of people i recognize phil phil okay so i don't understand this and i should have researched this it says jerry garcia as phil's voice can you believe that phil is a little um how that would that be possible? I, I, I think it's the possible. The director used to work when he was a kid at NYU. He used to work at the Fillmore East, and the Grateful Dead went in and out of there a lot. A lot of stars did. Sure. But the, let me just look at this up. And... At a cocktail party, I was... I do remember, like, when this movie came out, it's robots walking around in the forest. Yes, it is. There's something <laughs> weird about something weird about that. Like it's cool. Well, okay. As you know, robots run on electricity. So what hap happens if you run out of electricity? Ooh, ooh! I know. Teach pick pick V. Ooh, um, ooh. Spiegelman. It's, it's pronounced Spiegelman, uh, Mr. Goy. Uh, they they don't robot. What? They don't robot? I don't know. Yeah, they stop robotting. <laughs> no mo, no mo roboto, no mo. <laughs> no mo gato, Mr. God. No mo robotos. Jerry Garcia, it is. It's the real Jerry Garcia. Now, there's, I guess still, there's a guy named Phil in The Grateful Dead. He's the other one. Oaks, isn't it? O-C-H-S, isn't that him? Phil no. Oaks. Or Weir, isn't it Weir? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, you're right. It's not Phil Weir. Maybe it's the it's drummer not... is... Huh. John Weir. Okay, oh, never no. mind. Do we have to talk to a deadhead now to figure this out? I blame marijuana. I should know the answers right at the tip of my tongue. Right. But you don't have any marijuana, so it's not. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, yes, I nothing's, do. Nothing's That's registering. Why. Nothing's registering because you have a. Yeah, it's great. It's a good contrast, Carl. You see, they're inhuman robots, and this is nature. Now, she's a character. I, I don't know. Her name's Kathleen Freeman, and uh, she was in vaudeville. You see her on the left there? Yeah. She was like with Jerry Lewis in 11 films, like a, being a, like a foil. That's sure. How, she was in the Blues Brothers. They called her the Penguin. She was... Uh, right, she was the nun. Right. You know, and she was in the new Dragnet and Naked Gun, 33 and a third. And she had cameos in Gremlins. And she she's a big deal. Yeah, they got they got a ringer in this movie called the Big Guns. They're calling uh, 
they're calling for Phil. They're looking for Phil. He has, he is lost. Phil unit. Phil calm. Phil calm. Ray's last name is calm. I might be wrong. Their last name is calm. Hi, is Phil there? Two bar. Yeah, fill there, fill my pockets. Hang on, let me check. <laughs> fill there. Phil, fill my pockets. Now there's nobody named that name. My pockets. Okay, so they're looking. Okay, wait till you see her. There's her face. You know her now? Yeah, of course. She's in like, uh, I know her from Jerry Lewis movies. I've, I've seen her. <laughs> Ladies, man. No, but in the, I got to tell you, Mike, I watched. That's not really true. I took a look at some clips. I watched right. um, her in those Jerry Lewis films, and uh, she's a young person. She does not look like that. She was in a bunch of movies, but she, I know who you're yeah, talking about. Was. I recognize her. Well, let's see uh, here. Wow, they found the uh, cigarette lighter. I was born a cigarette lighter, and now I am sentient. Bleep blorp. <laughs> So they've already started a nuclear family. Yeah, that's our tag. Terrible tag. Now, I this didn't that's... get a, any Razzies, but the um, 1981 Stinkers Bad Movie Awards really favored them. Um, Wait a minute. The 1981 Stinker Awards? Were yeah, they like the Razzies away. They, It's all nominations. This film didn't win any categories. But it was nominated worst picture, worst screenplay, screenplay, most painfully unfunny comedy, worst actor wow. was Andy Kaufman. Most was he bad in his movie? Accent. Wow, he won the 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 Covenant, the notorious worst accent award from the Stinkers. No, no, just nominated, and it's the Stinkers, uh, the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. Look, uh -oh. the Razzies won. The Razzies have legs. They're still with us today. The Razzies are the VHS of uh, Betamax competitors. Bingo. Gotcha. Uh, stinkers, you left us too soon. <laughs> Just when Megaforce was coming out, too. Huh? Guys, you blew it. Kroll was coming out next year. You All blew right. it, Stinkers. You blew it, Stinkers. Had you been around for a couple more years. Could have done more movies. I can see the makeup, you know, melting. It must have been it a little smoke. Do you think it's like, do you feel like as an audience member looking at their makeup, you feel like kind of sorry for them? Like it's distracting? Like, yeah, because they must be no, a lot of pain. I never am sympathetic with you. You're always looking at the plight of the actor. Like, oh sure. my God, they made him do this. They're uh -huh. mud wrestling. I never emphasize. Oh, These are movie stars. They should earn their money. Listen, Eddie Deason's roommate was not a movie star. He was just supposed to show up to Bugsy's Girl. He did That's not know true. he was going to be mud wrestled. That is true. You you, yeah. you got me there. Got you there. There's other ones about that film, too, that were, you know, the guy getting hung upside down. and Yeah. Yeah. But but this is a twelve million dollar budget. It's Bernadette Peters. I do not feel bad that some makeup is caking on her face. They yeah, I mean they spent a lot on this makeup too. 
God, I can't believe they said robots are hot. Make me a <laughs> robot movie. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they did from three P three P. So right now what's happening, just like Val made the dumb decision, I am in full control of this vehicle. He's like, I will reason with the bear, right? So he goes in there say, look at my non-threatening manner, bear. We would like to share your cave. <laughs> Are wow. you damaged? Yeah, a hurt, little hurt pride. Lost his bow tie. Um, no, he gave it to Phil. That was a locator unit. So now if Phil gets lost again, I, I should have mentioned. He took off his bow tie, which was his locator unit, and he put it on Phil. I apologize Whoa. for not realizing the plot. Bear. Because they love Phil. They're starting to, like, Phil is, in, Phil is not a unit that can protect himself. We must care for Phil. Oh, interesting. Interesting parody and satire. Of the of the modern family, you know, it really is a cute film. Um, yeah, and I don't really think it deserved its bomb as much as you don't invest twelve million dollars in this. I have to say the runtime is a little disconcerting. I mean, it's eighty-seven minutes. Uh, yeah, well, they hated the first cut from this director, Alan Arkush. Arkush. Ar Arkush. Alan Arkush. Say it again. This, okay. This guy did rock and roll high school. Right. No, I know who he is. He's really funny. With the Ramones. Yeah. He's made uh, get, Go Crazy is a good movie. Uh, yeah, he's done some good ones. So it's kind of, you know, I'm not surprised to see he's the one who came up with this. He did Caddyshack, too. I don't know if that's a big deal. But he did El Elvis Meets Nixon in 97. And I think that was... Right. <clears throat> he did it's this like a drama called um, Shake, Rattle, and Rock for TV in 94. It was supposed to be the prequel to uh, Rock and Roll High School. So he was born in Jersey, and he went to school in Fort Lee. And when he was went to Ooh. high school in Fort Lee, the director, Alan Urkush, and when he went to... You know, he got inspired to make the film from his experiences in high school. He goes to NYU, and who is his professor and advisor? Martin Scorsese. Nice. I thought it was going to be Xavier, uh, Charles <laughs> Xavier, but that's that's not bad either. Professor X. That's so dark. Uh, What's going on? He worked for Roger Corman, and then he had the opportunity to make rock, rock and Roll High School with the Ramones. And so Roger Corman was like, if you do a good job, you'll never have to work for me again. Because they're like, I think, made it, you know. From what I understand, him and Joe Dante edited the trailers for New World Pictures for Corman. That's exactly right. They made yeah. the trailers, those two. Yeah, and I, th I haven't seen Hollywood Boulevard, but they, they co-directed a movie early in their careers. Like uh, I don't know if it's a the stock footage of other movies or just like kids mm -hmm. driving up and down Hollywood Boulevard or what have you. But now, uh, by the way, Catskill guy is telling jokes and 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 Phil is loving it. And this a bonding thing will happen between them. And when it comes to the energy and electricity crisis, it'll play out. 
Yeah, you like that, huh? I like it when you like things like that. Because when you're happy, I'm happy. I haven't been this happy since the time I bought a pet skunk. Oh, yeah? My wife said, where do you expect to keep it? I said, under our bed. She said, what about the smell? And I said, he'll have to get used to it, just get like used I did. To it. <laughs> Yeah, just like I did. That's a great tag. <laughs> Once you get the punch sign, keep talking. Hey, hey, so what about the smell? I said, oh, don't worry about that skunk. He'll probably get just to the smell soon enough, but being a skunk under the bed and all. Yeah, he does. Stepping on his punch, he really is. You're right. Yeah. He'll get used to it. You let the audience laugh. And then you go, just like I did. Tag. <laughs> tag. Or I, I would recommend a tag of because the smell is actually not from the emanating from the skunk, but it's the actual bed. I let's listen to. now. Let's listen. Right. Let's listen. Manual click. Put a check. Keep listening. I have already computed that fact. Keep listening. They get a kiss. They'll get interrupted, and it'll be a, one of the only funny scenes in this film when they're awkward. You are finished with my shoulder. See if you can fix my pleasure center. <laughs> so Bernadette Peters is going to try to fix random impulses. Right, it must be broken. Strong impulses. Sorry to torture you, Mike. All right, you don't have to listen. No, no, let's get to the fun sign. There's no, the punchline's coming a ways off. They're going to be all touching each other for a while. Uh, and then the skunk said, don't worry about me. I just need to rest. Here, under the bed that was bought at Silipostropedic. <laughs> Second hand, hence the smell. <laughs> that I got used to as I step on the laughs. It's so funny when you keep talking, they they stop laughing so that they okay, they want to hear the next thing. So they stop right. It sucks when you stop your own laugh. You know what I'll do is that once I realize I did that, I'll explain the joke since I have their attention. <laughs> okay, watch this. Watch this. All right. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, oh, ha oh, yes. You did not announce yourself. Data. We were only adjusting each other's exchanging gauges. data. Yes. I gave them a chance to turn themselves in. Uh oh, but did they? No. Zero, zero, no. Listen to this guy. Oh, he does say no. Gosh, too no. Late. Too late. Uh oh, Robert Klein hardware. Well, he was going. <laughs> he was going through like three or four examples. I gave them a chance to turn themselves in. Did they? No. It's almost like a Ted, Ted Knight or whatever. Uh huh. Oh yeah, and uh, Mary Tyler Moore. Too so, close for comfort. Yes. Um, I don't know. Alan, the director, said bad movies don't start out as bad movies. They start out as everybody working really hard, and then something happens, and they go bad. This guy's style was really slow, and everyone hated it on the set. He was, like, really, really slow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, low-budget filmmaking, right, from his experience right. with Corman. Okay. In order to do a movie for a really defined budget, a small budget, you can't wing it. You've got to come up with a real plan because you have so little time, so few hours, and your resources are so limited. 
You have to know exactly what you're doing. One time he's making fun of Corman. And he goes, Corman would just say, Ex I don't know if he's making fun of him, but he said, Corman said exploitation pictures don't need plots. They need sensational things like girls shooting Filipinos out of trees. That works. I guess that's his Women in Cage movies. Women shooting Filipinos out of trees? He really said that? That's what That's what Alan Arkush reports that Roger Jesus. Corman said to him once. Oh, when all right. Jeff Sporty made $450 a week. When he did Hollywood Boulevard, he made $85 a week. Right. So crazy. Uh oh, Amazon. Are they he's a like Jersey boy? Yeah. Oh, I like his stuff. I, I mean, he's allowed to make a bad movie that is happens to be heart bleeps beeps. Well, he went on to do a fuckload of TV, like a boatload of television. Yeah. And he got Emmys and stuff. But um uh Crossing Jordan, that's his baby. He was the producer. He made Crossing Jordan happen. Great. Here's he my idea. Episodes of Moonlighting. He got an Emmy. Well, just a nomination. He directed 15 pilots and sold 10. Blah, blah, blah. Her, la her last name is part of an expression. I love it. What's it called? Fish out of water. Her last name is water, see? And she works at an aquarium. What are you? What do, are these the crossing Jordan? Yeah, like how did they come up with the idea of crossing Jordan? They're like, <laughs> what expression do you know that sounds like a first name? Ah, it's crossing Jordan. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's right. There's like toughest nail private detective Susan. I didn't see Jordan. crossing Jordan. I never saw it. Did you watch it? No, I haven't. Oh, ever. Okay. I never crossed Jordan. I can't cross Jordan off my bucket list. <laughs> are they hiding his plants yeah it's not funny well it's the nature the robots are taking nature back to them with them now they're scolding their kid to keep it down really harsh parents oh spotlight out of sight the guy who did this movie, who wrote it, wrote Quigley Down Under. Is that interesting? That's with Tom Selleck? I never seen Quigley yeah. Down Under. Yeah. I, if I did, I forgot it because it wasn't good. What part? Quigley or Australia? This is, what, what disappointed <laughs> you in that movie? <laughs> hey, look, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. A lot of tinsel in those trees. But he did a lot with L.A. Law, this writer. So he did go on to have success, and he won an Emmy for it. And it's pronounced Lala. Lala Lala Law. Lala. Yeah, you don't pronounce the W. You drop it, right? Lala. It's actually it's actually L A L A W. It's all an acronym. Okay, so now they're finally being confronted by cop robot. Crimebuster zero zero seven. Exactly. He doesn't believe they're Christmas trees. <laughs> this looks like me on December 24th trying to buy a tree from a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if there's a robot in there. Burn it. 
Prove what? Yeah. I've heard of a robot. You look like a... Christmas trees burn pretty quickly in the street. You put them on the sidewalk the way, and light it. Yeah. We're missing lots of cats. Not that you should have the sound up, but we all, throughout this film, there's lots of cat skill lines. They're rarely funny, but they can be occasionally. You know I'm using that skunk joke in my act. No. That joke stinks. Oh, but the, it's the bed that stinks. You thought it was a skunk, but actually. Uh... I baited you with the skunk smell, and then I switched it with the smell of the bed. Of the wife. Oh, you think it's the wife? That's misogynistic. Well, that's what he means. Just like, uh, he'll get used to it, just like I did. Doesn't oh, he mean his wife? Yeah. Oh, because his wife smells. Yeah. Okay, I'm still using it. Okay. I get all my jokes yeah, from Casco Robots. Wife. What was it, my wife? You know, my wife wanted to go on vacation to a place she'd never been before. And I said, <laughs> how, how about, about the Oh, have have Bermuda. A... It's beautiful. We've never been, honey. Hey, yeah, that's would that kitchen. work? I'm, <laughs> I'm going to an open mic tonight, should I? Would that work? Like no, everyone would expect you to say the kitchen. The, the problem about like taking jokes that everyone knows and, and changing it is that people are expecting you to say the original joke. Right. And so then suddenly no. you become this like, you know, I don't know. I always try to swallow the punchline so I can get to my punchline. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I have a bit about guy who had a banana in his ear. And I said, excuse me, you have a banana in his ear? And then I yell, you have a banana? He goes, I can't hear you. I have a banana in your ear. And then I have to, like, before the audience go, oh, that's the joke. I go, and then I said, to let them know there's more. Gotcha. You don't have a banana in your other ear. Now, do you, you smug piece of shit? Now, like you can hear me with the other. <laughs> what Crime Buster will do throughout the whole film is overreact, overexplode, over. There's a party going on. Oh. Shouldn't he be like chasing Doctor Who or something? Exterminate. Nope. He's chasing the escaped robots from the. Um... Okay. Does he look like... Now he looks we're like... going to be in her environment. It is a party. Ooh. And we will have a cameo, a great cameo from Paul Bartel, just like we had the cameo when we watched Munchies. That well, Paul Bartel worked with Corman as director and actor, yes, writer. Yes. That's yes. right. Yeah, and I'm sure that's why he was a not in this Hollywood film as a character, and b got a cameo. Let me throw you a bone. Was this a Roger Corman movie? No, no, not at all. This was a Hollywood movie that was twelve million dollars in budget. It was, it was, it was Universal Pictures. See, what's who's that guy who's always his partner, Andy Kaufman? Like they wanted to pitch, they wanted to do a Tony Clifton movie. Uh, Bob Zamuka. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so he went to, um, you know, they pitched it. And they were like, ah, we don't know. I, I don't know if you could hold a film or whatever. Because, I mean, he was Andy Kaufman. You know what I mean? Um, sure. And so then they had this opportunity. This film was going to get done. And they said, hey, let's let's throw in Kaufman. Let's make this his vehicle. And let's see if it'll work, if it'll fly. And it, and it 
put Did in. Not at all. Okay, let's listen. All right. Oh, hey, a sec. Carl. I didn't... How long? I don't know. How old are you? <laughs> There's Paul Bart Bartelli to the right. Was it a joke, folks? You came there? Yeah, I see him. You're a very Please unusual the group of people. I think you know that. Where'd you get that tie, buddy? Somebody couldn't guess your weight, huh? Somebody couldn't guess your weight or get you laid? Wait. Like, it's because so it's... cheap. It's, it would be a carnival giveaway at such a cheap tie. Uh, I'm glad you explained that joke to me. Well, it's more relatable this the closer, right? This was the 70s, so like, you know, the 40s was just yesterday, you know. It's, right, I got you. It was, now, you've seen Doctor Who, right? I'm doing the Deluxe, the little robots that look like Crime Buster. I'm so sorry, Mike. I have never seen Doctor Who. I've never watched a, maybe I have in my life, but. They I, have these, you know, it's BBC it's television. So Right. No, it's cheap. But one of the cheap things they do is they have these robots that look exactly like Crime Buster. They're circular and they move around. Uh-huh. And they say stuff like exterminate. It's a car, by the way. It's a car. Really? Yeah. See? I guess I could see that. Yeah. Well, it's from Six Million Dollar Man. Okay, Paul gets his really shining moment right now. Let's listen. Now, this nice lady's house has been destroyed. Now, you oh, know Paul Bartel. For the volume, he won't say a word. Now, Paul Bartel is from Montclair High. He went to Montclair High. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. In New Jersey. He, I don't think he spent much time in Montclair, but he went to the high school. There he is. What year did he graduate? Who knows? Oh, I don't know. Early 60s, maybe? Okay. Gotcha. He did 11 low-budget films, which he wrote in acted in um it's death race movie. 2000 private parts um which is good that's an it's not howard stern it's no a hotel on hollywood boulevard and w weird residents including a woman who's a robot he lust in the dust was one of his and that's with what tab was, hunter yeah oh he did scenes from a class struggle in beverly hills eating raul guy's fucking genius he was in rock and roll high school, and that only makes sense. Right. <laughs> well, we're back in the... Oh, so is this the third act? They're going to run out of juice? Uh, not... Uh, not yes, yet. I think so. Turn it on for a second. Let me just hear what they're talking about. Well, the tragic music starts when the battery... I have been extremely inefficient in not exchanging information with you. Oh, yeah, this it's is just funny. I did not want to... She's doing the white thing, like, with maximum input. like, you don't communicate with me kind of thing. Agreed. Look at their human eyes, right? Yeah. Robotic. I'm sorry, this music's driving me nuts. Thank you, John Williams. Thank you, John You're Williams overdoing this like oh it's a hollywood 12 million dollar budget i'm really gonna make a great soundtrack for this why don't you stick with spielberg buddy now quaid is like i got three master's degrees why do i always have to do this you know they really wasted the comedic talent they had in him 
on this right. in this film. The but other like guy is fine. He's a character actor. He's a lug. He's supposed to be gruff, and he does it. Look at Ooh, this. Beer you want a beer pouch? <laughs> <laughs> is that for the robots, or did of course? No, oh, it's, that's having a beer pouch. Do you have like a little straw for the drink pouch? Well, I would expect yes, but he's not doing it that way. He's got a lager, of course. But of course, was a national back in the eighty. Oh, I guess smoking the bandit was eighty-one, right, or seventy-nine? That was all about course. Yes, it was seventy, late seventies, like seventy-nine. Cute, cute. Oh dear! Oh dear! Oh dear! Cute, Gonna run cute. over. What a fox! Who? Who? What a the fox! fox. <laughs> you see what all right, fox. More animals, please. I'm running out of puns. Oh, there we go. Hair time. I missed him splitting by hair. hair. He's splitting hairs. That was the crime buster deluxe. Very bunny. Very bunny humor. <coughs> Do you have any robot jokes? No. My robot jokes are stiff. Andrew Rich does this great one about robots getting offended, you know, like in our times. Like yeah. you're doing the robot. He goes, hey, not all of us dance like that, buddy. I don't appreciate that stereotype. You know, like. That's a great joke. Who does that joke? Andrew Rich. Andrew Rich. Well, very funny. He was a comedian on our show for the King of the Mountain episode. He was a counter. Oh, great. Yeah, sure. We're nowhere near Hollywood in this film. I mean, no, I we're not. Was... We're in Colorado. And now we're going to a junkyard where they hope to find some sort of charge, some sort of like forgotten battery pack. We're going to meet Susan and Calvin. Susan and Calvin. Great. Yeah. With 10 more minutes left in the movie, we should have new characters come in. They. There's, they're apparently named after Susan Calvin, who was a recurring char character from Isaac Asimov, like his robot movie. I, I robot or I, foundation. I just, it was a recurring character in her, in his films, his uh, books about robots. Sure. And it's Christopher Guest, who's the guy from Spinal Tap, who was the guy from Princess Bride with Six Fingers. <sighs> right. Yeah, another director. Another comedic director. Right. Isn't After he, uh, all Spinal his mockumentaries. Tap, would, yeah. He doesn't like the term mockumentary, believe it or not. There they are. He's on the right there, and he's very young. He would be yeah, on Saturday oh, yeah. Night Live. Yeah. There's a Catskill model, complete with cigar option. But what in the world is that small one? Nah, nah, it's not me. And what in the world are they doing? That's well, he uh, was... Melanie Mar Marin. She was in Car Wash in My Blue Heaven. She's had a nice career. Cool. Oh, I love this 80s outfits they're wearing. The orange overalls with orange shirt. Evo. Yeah. Well, so, he, he was... And, um, he was you know, he, he was part of the National Lampoon Radio Hour in the 70s. Yes, exactly. That's when he started. Credibility um, gap, I guess. 84-85 season of Saturday Night Live, he was there with Martin Short, Billy Crystal, Harry Shearer. Strange year. 
Yeah. So that was after this. Yes, he's super young here. This is probably like after the radio stuff. I don't know the answer, but. Gotcha. He's not Squiggy. That's all I know. Yeah, that's Do right. Do not mistake him for Squiggy. The one wolf. Right. For Laverne had to so, uh, put an embroidered L to make it Lone Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Oh, raccoons. Let's. Uh, uh... Ranger Rick. Oh, what a cute oversized cat. <laughs> Let's feed it garbage. Here, kitty. So this is the kid throughout, you know, and so he's playing with the animal. He did a movie called The Big Picture about a guy. It's an 80s film uh, Chris Sir guest directed. It's about a guy trying to make a movie, and it's not bad. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very kind of inside type of bullshit, but... This guy will make music. you laugh. Yeah. Oh, I loved him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Terrific. Are you talking about the raccoon, right? <laughs> um, he he did um, Waiting for Guffman. That was a good one. And yeah. um, he did the one about the pets, like it was a pet show. Best in the show. And he did one about folks. Was he a... He did Spinal yeah. Tap for folk songs. Was that... Am I right, though? Was yeah, that a, mighty, a Mighty Wind. Like a like a it's a fart reference. Oh, why am I not? Oh, something's happening. I'm so nervous. I'm going to de derail this simple <laughs> task of watching a YouTube video. Yeah, just don't click any pauses. He <laughs> yeah, saw something. Okay, this is the only weird dark moment in the film. He saw like a robot that was all smashed up. It's like he saw a dead body. And he's right. not communicating. What? That's where he goes. I don't know. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Don't look behind you. The director's making it dark. What evil lurks in the heart of men? Only this shadow knows. Uh-oh. Now, he would go on to die just three years later. Of lung cancer right you know i guess was, man, um, this wasn't really brought up in man on the moon they didn't have a scene where he's dressed up as a robot no they did not um so he did clubs and everything but somehow he got on to saturday night live to do like uh here i come to save the day something like that sure and that led to being offered taxi and that's how he got here you know um but uh he got cut short who knows what he would have done um, can, I, can i recommend if you're a fan of andy kaufman and you have tubi tv he did a show he's in the movie they they have a big to do about it there was yeah. a saturday night live ripoff called fridays which was aired on abc they did it from the west coast so they it, it was aired you know they they aired it 8 30 they shot it 8 30 in los angeles and it right. aired uh and in the movie, they show the scene where Andy Kaufman refuses to do, gets angry and breaks character and gets into a fight with cast member Michael Richards. Mm -hmm. And then it was revealed that it was all a gag, but they, no one knew. Well, <laughs> that's so, so that, him. So that's the last season. But I really recommend 
watching the third season, the premiere where he returns and he's married to a Christian folk singer and he apologizes about his behavior <laughs> and he would like to sing a song. And oh, then so he, there's a bit about a pharmacist who likes to take drugs and he's supposed to bring up the police musical act, the police. Right. But he doesn't. It's a live show. He starts complaining about the previous act saying drugs aren't funny to the point where that they had to go to a commercial break. So I do recommend. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. See, he was like, he wasn't really a comedian. He was like, he evoked emotion. Like the way he puts it, like, I never told a joke is what he says. Right. I only a lot of wrestling. entertain you as best I can. Right. I mean, he was wrestling women, which is pretty crazy, but he was really had like a wrestling ethos to him. You ever see yes. his TV special? He did a yeah. time primetime special and he had a talk show where his desk was extremely large and he stood atop this desk while the guests sat in a very <laughs> lowly a chair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of it's like funny in concept and a lot of it, you know, if you're in the mood, it's really funny, but I think there's other people who have that same spirit. It's not just Andy Kaufman, but you know, he yeah. was really fun. So, so he was also like a real problem person. And, and that happened here. Um, let's see here. Um, well, I can't find the, my, in my research, but essentially that guy who was his partner was, yeah. what's his name again? Bob Zamuka, Z-M-U. He was yeah. banned from the set of this because he would get Andy going. And then when he was banned, um, as the days wore on, Andy would like act out and be, a, you know, like be a problem for them to like, you know, get him into his chair to do the makeup, get him into, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm not doing it. I want Bob back. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, Bob Zamuka, I don't really, I think I read his book once and I'm not really yeah. a fan of this, but he's all right. I mean, he created, uh, what was that, uh, comedy, comedy, comic relief. He was responsible for that. Big, oh, okay. big factor in that. So that's some good in the world. An yeah. Interesting guy. I seen a video. He had a video of Bob Zamuka as Tony Clifton, including him showing up at the premiere of Man on the Moon. And it's a really weird video. Like oh, there's some okay. scenes, like it's him walking around Las Vegas as Tony Clifton in, in 2000 or something, saying that yeah. Andy Kaufman faked his death, etc. <laughs> I remember they, everyone's like, Tony Clifton is um, Andy Kaufman, and or maybe I'm just mixing it up with the Jim Carrey movie. There was something in which Tony Clifton was like this, you know, and then he shows up playing the bongos and. And yeah, in person, you know. Yeah, they would they would switch off like so people didn't know who was playing Tony Clifton. The thing is, one time he came down to the. Oh no, maybe I'm mixing it up with the movie again. Like he made Tony Clifton freak out on the set of Taxi, and then he got on the phone pretend you know as Andy, like that never made the air. That's what's why he was so weird. He didn't do that for he did that for life. That didn't get filmed, and you know what I mean? His practical right. joke was on these people in ta uh, the set of Taxi. Well, like, you know, do you... The, the horizontal hold, like... 
I, I, it's one of the coolest things he did on SNL was that he had a 1-800 number where he asked people whether or not he should appear on SNL anymore. Uh, okay. This was in the 80s. And he got voted no. So he stopped. <laughs> and he actually produced an advertisement uh, which aired in, on SNL in some markets where he, he apologized, you know. I appreciate the tally and I'm sorry, you know, I won't be performing anymore. Oh, <laughs> stupid. Okay, um, 1990 book, Andy Kaufman Revealed. That's his book. Okay, that's Sonny Clifton's book. Uh, Bob uh, Zamuka's book. Bob Zamuka. Bob Zamuka wrote the Kaufman and Z wrote that Kaufman and Zamuda had pitched the screenplay of Kaufman's the Tony Tony Clifton story, movie about the life and times of his alter to Universal Studios. Universal executives were concerned that Kaufman had not acted in films except for a small role. They arranged for him to star in this, see if he could carry a movie. Such a weird way to greenlight a movie. Yeah. Yeah, why, why wouldn't they do it with the film? I mean, you're going to put him in a film, so do it with Tony Clifton. I don't know. Well, I'm glad they didn't do the Tony Clifton movie. Probably, well, it would have been interesting, but... Now he's given his power to the kid. Why? My mother-in-law needed a heart transplant once. Uh huh? But we had to give it up. We couldn't find a gorilla. Because... Yeah, I don't get it. The I it's it's like the mother-in-law, you know, only a gorilla heart will help a gorilla. It's like a mother-in-law is like He's saying that his mother-in-law is is a gorilla. Oh, they must not have a good relationship then. It might be strained. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a question about robots and marriage and mother-in-laws. Robots don't have mother-in-laws. <laughs> He's a cat skill model. I mean, right. Uh, yeah. Bernadette Peters doesn't have a vagina, but she is a model. Wow. <laughs> well, I assume. <laughs> okay. I was going to... All right. Yeah. Her circuits are kept in a hot box, but I don't think I'll that's... Say. <laughs> that's what she said. Woohoo! John <laughs> Hill, the writer of this, uh, adapted it into a novel in December of 81. They promoted this film in magazines like Starlog and Famous sure. Monsters. They were really big on the makeup. Well, those magazines existed in the early 80s. You yeah. know, it'd be like exclusive under the rainbow footage photos. Right. Yeah, or whatever, Megaforce, whatever came out in 1981. A lot they of found shit in the 80s. model now. Bada bing. Oh, so he didn't escape, but they're going to recharge him. I guess he shows up at the end. Tell well, me he shows it, up at the end. Yes. Everything's all right, kid. I said, I told my mother-in-law, <laughs> mi casa is tu casa. So, so, so. Last week she sold it. Oh. <laughs> That's good, Mike. That's Henny Youngman. 
That's a Henny Youngman. I'm doing all Henny Youngman jokes. Um, you know SAG, right? Screen Acting Guild. There was like a strike during this. And so July 1980, they shut down filming all the way till October 1980. The 1980 writer strike. Holy cow. Yeah, it was a, a strike by the Screen Actors Guild. So it was for the writers. I remember yeah. something about that. Yeah. Well, then there was a writer's strike in 07. And, of course, right now, as we're shoot, uh, recording this, uh, the current writer's strike here in 2023 has been going on for weeks. No, she's dying now. Oh, her power razor. No and reserves. she's dying before uh, Val can talk to her about love. Oh, no. This whole movie was leading up to this. Yeah. Go ahead and turn it on. All right, give me a second. I got to pause. Do not I go have back manually, to do not, do manually not. press it. There's one last subject area I would like to discuss with you. But I'm running out of aqua. Wait. Wait. Please don't go. I want to discuss one last human. Don't mute it. What makes you think I was going to mute this movie? Because I have my finger hovering over the button. <laughs> I want to ask what you know about latex. Lousy lovers. Now he runs out of power. So he never says the word. He did, he said, look. <laughs> now we have a sad scene in which it's like, Mom, Dad, wake up. Casey no. Jones, riding <laughs> that train. <laughs> what, now, what happened? <laughs> if I was the writer, I would yeah. now have the kid power up his mom and dad and sacrifice right. his life. And it would be real Romeo and Juliet. They'd be like, oh, my God, it's Phil. We got to get Phil power now, but they don't do that. But they're they not going to kill the kid, right? Well, nobody dies when you just run out of power, right? Right. Like this it movie feels, didn't die, it ran out of power. It, <laughs> it feels like a loss, you know, a whiff of death. No, it's really bad with how, okay, they just get found and picked up by the Randy Quaid and, and Max. They just. Oh, good, good, because I was hoping we could close that storyline. Yeah, but the thing is, this is a movie. It's supposed to be, they fight, they get their, uh, I don't know, it's lame. Oh, so you're saying that, like, instead of just breaking down and being thrown into the trunk and then having the end credits, they should just cut to the end credits. No, I'm saying instead of breaking down and giving people, they should like have a last ditch effort to run sure. in power and escape these guys. What's going to happen is they do escape these guys and get what they want, but they have it in sort of like a lucky break. Uh, you know, you just don't put coincidence and luck in screenplays. The heroes sure. gotta overcome and yeah so what a bummer i would have been down Who's with the oh the little kid fill my pockets 
Who? You want to talk to who? Phil? Phil? Uh, riding Phil that train. <laughs> beep, beep. Charged on cocaine. Charged on cocaine. Beep, beep. Casey Jones, you better watch your speech. Should I get my guitar? Yeah, sure. Roll ahead, you know. Check out my behind. Mine. Check, Check out, out my behind. behind. That's like Spiegelman's behind when I, we do the <laughs> S, 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 A, 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 A. Love it. Guitar chords. Casey Jones, <laughs> The Grateful Dead. Casey I'm telling Jones. you. Here, I'm going to go, Brain, give me a lyrics to all the fucking Grateful Dead songs. Oh, I already know them. Oh, meanwhile, back in robot headquarters. CFC is so easy. Yeah, but you just minute. There she is again. Mary Lewis Foil. She's in a bunch of his movies. Yeah, she was she's in a lot of stuff on her own. She's um Kathleen Freeman. Kathleen Freeman. All right, uh, good to know. I guess I already said she was in um the Fly, but in 1958, she was in uh, Support Your Local Sheriff and Support Your Local Gunfighter, and we already talked about her, yeah. Blues Brothers, and now it's a really badly scripted, stupid thing. They're like, whatever happened to those? You go ahead, listen. Go ahead, listen. Okay. Hey, I have, I have to click. Come on now. Sad. Yeah. The hot shots in the front office never could figure out what was wrong. Hey, isn't that guy from... Closed the book on him and took the loss. I know him from Dune. What happened to them? We jumped them. He's from that, uh... That Donald Lug, uh, Lug sitcom, he played the dad. I could tell his eyebrows. I recognize his eyebrows. Yeah, the eyebrows are really distinctive. They really are. Um, I don't have that. Uh, he was on Rhoda and Dune. Uh, he was... It would have well, been the I'm 2000s. Have this thing here. Riding that train. Beep, beep. Cocaine. Beep, beep. Casey Jones, you better watch your speed. Uh oh, wait, the movie's ending. Ahead, you no, know. Beep, beep. So they got junked, right? So yeah. our, uh, you know, Susan and Calvin. Just charged them up, and now they live in the junkyard. Oh, That's with it. Calvin and Susan. But our movie's not over. We have an act. Oh, it three. is. No, there's three more minutes left in this movie. It's 87 minutes. Well, no, what I mean minutes. is, there's always the last hurrah yeah. of the last contest. And that's well, what's friends... coming now when Crime Buster will find oh. them. Now, when my friends showed me this link, I was like, this is not the complete movie. It's one hour and 17. But sure enough, this is the length of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And it was not the, the first cut. Uh, the, the Universal was like, your, your movie is too long and too stupid. Whoa. Oh, Dick Miller is also a big end. Uh, Roger Corman, Joe Dante guy. Cast of characters, yeah. Kaufman, Burnett, Randy Quaid. Kevin McMillan, Melaine Marin, that's right. Calvin, Factory, Factory Bus Shoal, Dick Miller. Mary, Mary Weisskill always shows up with Paul Bartell. I should have noticed her before. All right, Carl, what'd you think of this movie? Um, I thought that this movie was cute. 
I think it was not very funny. Um, I, I do not know why they needed to spend that kind of budget on it. Uh, it didn't, it seems self-contained budget wise. It wasn't like sprawling sets or anything. No, they were, the money was really spent on the makeup and all those effects on making them robots and also on the little robot. Cause they totally made them automated. They didn't work them like a puppet, which would have been so right. much cheaper and that freaking crime buster. Okay. Plus they had some name voice of Phil performed by Jerry Garcia. Right. Plus they had some names. They had to pay salary. Look, Catskill jokes by Henny Youngman. We're taken directly from the source. Wow, you know, I would think they and would Jack pick Carter jokes. Casco acted by Barry Diamond. I mean, these are all classic his classic jokes. You know, I said to my mother-in-law, but you know, wow, that's so cool. I'm gonna keep the credits rolling, Carl. Even though, okay. wow, what excitement! I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, well, I glad I saw it. I'm sure this is one of our films where I should watch it on my own as well and hear all the audio and yeah. soak it in. It seems like a film that if it was ad nauseum on video cassette or cable, I might kind of get into it. I can see myself just watching it, but it has that silent movie feeling of we're just going to shoot it in the forest and, you know, a bad guy's going to pop out of a tree and, and tie up a girl or whatever. And it'll just happen in the woods because it's the cheapest thing is right out here. So I was well, a little. You know, they really didn't do it to spare expense, and they paid for the. Uh, you know, they absolutely had sets in this, and and. Uh, but still, I hear what you're saying. Like, there's a silent movie vibe. Yeah. You I, know, just it's, do it outside. Just this formless kind of like. Uh, well, the tension will occur right here. And here's the thing. All right, copyright 1981. Played the Atari game of now available. What? <laughs> and all right, I'm gonna have to stop my. Uh, there we go. I'm out of it. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. This is probably gonna be exclusively aired on uh, YouTube. But if you do hear this on the on Muni Radio, thank us for letting us do it. Next week we'll have a movie with no ads. Be yeah, really easy right. to join us. Uh, but we want to thank Carl. Thank you so much for for researching this movie, watching it several times. It seems kind of cool. Like it seems like it has a vibe to it. It's just never really made it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. If you, and, uh, if you watch it with the sound, you'll see the whole vision of the director and everything. You know, so you get it more. Doesn't make it a good film. Gotcha. Well, next week we'll have an amazing. We're going to be watching Casablanca. So check it out next week. <laughs> <laughs> Casablanca meets Wizard of Oz from 1939. Delightful uh, double feature. Uh, but we'll we'll be back next week with a movie that we selected and uh, some great interviews as well. Thank you, audience. We'll see you guys. Thank you, Muni Radio. Carl, thank you. Uh, we'll see you guys all next week. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Beagleman. It's been over one.
German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> duh, duh. Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hey, Carl. Hey, Mike. How you doing? Hey, man. Face the right way the first time this time. That's how you know it's going to be a good episode. I concur. Guy on my left. Um, <laughs> we are also on... I should say we are right now streaming first on mutinyradio.fm. What a fantastic internet radio station coming out of the Mission District of San Francisco. We have been on the air since 2016. You can listen to us first every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube with you. Let us watch. We're going to have you listen to our podcast and watch a movie on YouTube at the same time. We're also a podcast. You have to find us by the acronym mentioned up front. L. L. W. A. L. O. T. Y. T. stands for the two words YouTube. And you could also go to. We're also right now on YouTube itself. How Apple eat itself. One word website. YouTube. The two word website. The words being you and tube. Um, go ahead. You can f go subscribe to us, L W A F L M O Y T. And you know, Carl, we've been on the air for several years. Do us a favor, go to iTunes, just give us a review. Yeah, there, I said it. I said it after seven years. I finally said it. Carl, what is the movie this week? Well, that's actually what I'm going to ask you, head of the family, 1996. Michael, what is the movie this week? It's Head of the Family from 1996. Carl, no. I feel like our world is upside down. Normally, you research and watch a movie, and then I come in cold. But this episode... This is like a switcheroo. It's like you're over here now. All right. We're going to 
milk as much mileage milk as milk as much as we can out of this video <laughs> this, this is okay, a switcheroo so episode you, said, you go to youtube search engines you you put in the head no just head of the family no the yes 1996. that's correct this is What's a movie directed time? by charles Pan, and his production company full moon features is hosting this movie so full this moon is an official themselves? Yeah, they're this this is they're officially giving this movie away for free. I'll bit I'll be it edited, but don't worry. Plenty by the way, can I just give a content warning up front? Full uh, frontal yeah. nudity. Full frontal nudity. Thank you for warning us. <laughs> and there's some gore and there's a scummy boyfriend, but for the most part, full frontal nudity. And some no. some some mad scientist, if you if that kind of upsets you, which I was uh, rattled. Anyway, fine. Head of the family, 1996, full Mike, moon features. That's yes. a lot of information to digest. It's, so now it's a chore. No, it's not a chore because what Mike has done is he's gone and double down invested in the quality of this film, this uh, this episode by getting an interview with a celebrity, not comedian. He, yeah, I would call him a comedian if you oh, think celebrity uh, comedian countdown. He's an NPR humorist. How about that? Ah, ah. <laughs> so look, take it away, Mike. Hello, hey, welcome to a special switcheroo edition of comedian celebrity comedian countdown. Uh, here with your host Mike Spiegelman and our special guest Adam Felber. Welcome, Adam. Great to have you here on L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. It is a pleasure to be here. Wow, and that crowd is, that crowd is pumped. Red hot. You know what? Red Normally hot. Carl does these interviews and he has like some kind of crowd noise. I just wanted to trump him up front, provide our own crowd noise. Adam Felber, great to have you here. Adam is a, you probably recognize Adam from NPR's Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Who oh, is, yeah. I can't believe I get to say this a panelist on the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am, yes. One of the great 20th century jobs, keeping it alive, being a panelist. I love it. I love uh, it you too. Also... It's the easiest job in show business. Oh, no, you've been doing it every week. It's great. It always well, not every week, but, but uh, you know, they rotate us in and out. But boy, you just go in, you make jokes, you leave. Love it. And you can also hear Adam and uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me regular, Paula Poundstone with their own podcast, uh, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. And you have something, uh, we'll talk about it later, called Dad, ban Dad Bandland. So Dad Bandland, yes. Yes, I do. We'll <laughs> let's save that for last. Okay. You wrote, I couldn't believe this. Now, Adam and I know each other. Adam is good friends of my brother, Adam Spiegelman. Also Adam. Adam Spiegelman is a god among this show. He created the podcast Proudly Resents, the cult movie podcast, which this show is based on. Uh, and we've had him as guests most recently for Come and Get It. So we were all gathered together, and I did not realize this, Adam, that you co-wrote the memoirs for filmmaker Charlie Ban. I did. I did. That was my uh, my uh, pandemic job. Oh, my I, God. I hadn't written a book in a while, but my book agent got in touch with me and said, this project might interest you. And boy, was he right. It was fantastic. You know, the premise of our podcast is that we i've always read about movies and directors but i've never seen had access to their films until youtube came out and now i can watch it i did a classic i read your book first and then i saw his movies oh so, wow yeah i had no idea like i've always heard of 
uh, Full Moon Productions, and I've always heard of the, the long ongoing Puppet Master series, but I had no idea who this young guy was, and I didn't realize how influential he was in the 80s. Holy shit. So the guy is Charlie Van is his name. And I got to ask you, Adam, up front, I didn't realize, like, in the spirit of Stan Lee, in the spirit of just 20th century showmanship, this guy's a genuine showmanship. How was it to write the memoirs to a guy who's a showman? It was such a trip. And he's such a showman that um, I also thought he was a liar. I think when I, when I first took a meeting with him, he just started unspooling this this spiel, uh, not 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 uh, Spiegel, spiel. Uh, it was, he was saying, "Oh, uh, my dad discovered Marilyn Monroe, so she was my first babysitter, and my granddad was uh, a famous artist, friends with Chagall in Paris, but he was in the White House carving a bust of, or sculpting a bust of FDR when the Nazis took Paris, and so." His new friend FDR settled him in Hollywood, and, and it, it just went on and on. And he said, I gave Demi Moore her first movie starring role, and I gave Helen Hunt her first starring role, and I accidentally bought the biggest castle in Umbria in Italy, and I, I, I bought Dino De Laurentiis' movie studio south of Rome for no money down and ran it until it was taken from me after three years. Like, this endless spiel. And he and was right. All of it, all of it turned out to be true. I agreed to the book before I knew it was all true, but right. it was all true. It's a, just an amazing, amazing guy. Who his, can his grandfather was story. Max Van, the uh, Parisian uh, artist who he, I've always heard, but I, I never really connected you know, him to anything. Yeah. And then also, his son, we should mention, is the lead singer of The Calling. Uh, one his of his son sons. is the lead singer of The Calling. His, his dad was John Ford's AD on... Um, Concrete jungle, asphalt jungle, whatever that movie was. Um, That's the most remarkable. It, uh, and he did discover Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. And Marilyn we, did live here in my neighborhood. And uh, I found out. As his babysitter. You know, babysat him yeah. when he was one. He, it's also a story of Los Angeles. Like, he really loves Los Angeles and at one point owned 31 properties in, yeah. around the area. Insane. He compulsively yeah. collected properties. One of them is very well known. If you ever watch the um, the uh, first season of or first three seasons of Entourage, the giant mansion that the guys rent that's the that's the Toberman Estate, which abuts uh, uh, that park near Griffith Park, uh, Runyon Canyon. Yeah, and that estate was owned by Charlie for for several years. His I want to talk to you about Empire Pictures, Meta Arts, and the fact the man created 3d movies recreated in the 80s <laughs> yeah where do you want to start there's a lot there okay let's start from the beginning let's start from what i want to uh, talk about wizard video games in 1985 licensed <laughs> texas chainsaw massacre for the 2600 yeah charlie was charlie takes you know he's not shy about saying that he invented a lot in video That's games high. he um he got the idea in the late 70s, I think, that, that um, video games were going to be a thing not just for kids but for adults. And with that in mind, he licensed Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Halloween. And he licensed them for, like, no money at all. John Carpenter was his buddy. That was easy. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I mean, he was already in the business of licensing movies. And the conventional wisdom was that you can't make a video game for adults. Um, and, and there was no market for it. So... For very little money, he made a Halloween video game and a Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game. 
and everybody else turned out to be right. There was no market for games for adults at that time. <laughs> it was the video game bust. It, it was a bust. Out. They had to sell it, you know, they had to keep it behind the counter and sell it in brown paper bags. And uh, it was, you know, parents wanted to ban it and uh, they sold zero copies, basically. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, well, now it's like a it's a treasure chest. I mean, if you could find yeah. a copy of that, it's worth so much. Like, and it's one of those hollowed stories. It's funny because I was listening. I listened to the audiobook, So I heard him in full effect. And he said, I created the most notorious video game. And I said, "Oh, please don't let it be Hunter's Revenge, Custer's Revenge." Right? right? No, please don't it let the... it be the the cum eating one. So I, I told was him really... about Custer's Revenge, though I did. He, he he's kind of a classy guy. Like I really, I saw Crash as one of his early seventies films. Yeah, we head of the family. We're going to watch in a couple of minutes, and then I watched uh, Evil Bong Eight, which was an <laughs> hour long from twenty twenty two. I was on all... set for that. I visited him on set. Okay, so why don't we just close? Tell me what it's like being on a set of a Charlie Mann production. Well, there's um, there's a lot of good feeling. Everybody's in a good mood. I mean, it, it's a, it's a it, they're real sets. I mean, they there's all the personnel that you'd want. There's the sound people and the lights people, and it it's not it's not a completely cheapo production. Even though he's made over three hundred and fifty movies now, exactly. um, yeah, there is nudity on set. If you <laughs> spoiler alert, he. There are... It was it was great nudity. Uh, and by the way, they're at a restaurant for the entire hour, and nobody stands. So you get great quality nudity sitting Wait, above the waist nudity. Yes, above I, the waist I, nudity. I, I was on that set, and it was um, for these days. He's got this bright idea that like some of his uh, the roles should be influencers that he finds on Instagram because it's a mutually beneficial relationship. The Instagrams, in, the the IG personalities, the influencers brag about being in his movie. He gets their audience to see his movie. So those three women played themselves. They're all influencers. Yes. Well, I'll be. Because the rest <laughs> of the people, like, it stands. He has this great, like, Stanley Marvel vision of, of crossovers and having his own editorial video. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's a new world for me. So I went blind. I met the Tiger King in that hour. Yep. <laughs> Did you talk to the Tiger King? I talked to everybody on set. He was super influenced as a kid by Marvel Comics. Just And he wanted to create, when he first pitched the idea of Universal uh, in the mid-'80s, um, uh, uh, putting his movies out straight to video, he was pitching the idea of an extended universe. He thought that was where, where it was at, that he would have crossovers and have these IPs that would continue forever. And we should mention, he went bust like three times. Went right. com almost completely broke three times and then reinvented himself. And the smartest thing I think he ever did was the last time he went bust in the early 2000s when he went bust again because it was between that and his intellectual property. And he wanted to keep the Evil Bong movies, the Puppet Master movies. He wanted to keep all his properties because he was like, I'll be back. And he was right. He was absolutely right. And now uh, we should mention go to Tubi TV. There's a really good Full Moon Entertainment channel there. There's ads, but they have the most recent. They have like 40, 50 years worth of entertainment there, including it's Charlie, his, his father, who directed, co-directed. Yeah, that's one thing. The Ghoulies 2, I did not realize it was an indoor set. They had a giant carnival. That's nuts. We're that was when he had Dino De Laurentiis' movie studio. Dino went belly up, kind of fled to America, although he never he didn't describe it that way. And yeah. uh, through some shady bank deal, gave the studio to Charlie. He had these six sound stages, 
and he was flourishing like the puppet master movies were rocking and rolling so for making ghoulies 2 he and his dad built a carnival inside a soundstage oh unreal unbelievable and then of yeah. course troll i should mention great movies and he mentions he doesn't have the rights to those films those are MGM or somebody. Like, yeah, there's a they, few of his movies. You know, people people denigrate his movies, but they, people also watch his movies. So there's a there's a handful of them, including the ones for kids like Prehysteria, that he hasn't necessarily gotten all the rights back to yet. He would love uh, to get Troll back, but he doesn't have it yet. Right, and he did a lot of good kids movie. I don't know. I honestly, at the end of the day, his stories are really about stories. The mysteries of these, uh, you know, even Crash was about a magic ed, uh, amulet that that causes chaos, and it's always about that unknown. And I, I yeah. think it's really, like, you know, he is exploitative, but you know, Adam, the definition of his exploitation is really interesting. It's something people really want to see, like the, the yeah. Corona Zombies movie. Oh yeah, at the beginning of, of the day I met him, he was wrapping production on. The, the movie that he was shooting right before the, the lockdown for the pandemic. And the movie was called Corona Zombies. And it was basically <laughs> a what if this, this coronavirus was actually a zombie virus. And it was, it was really fun to, to watch that movie. And, but yeah, his definition of an exploitation movie is what the classic, the Roger Cormans of the world, how they define it. It's not, you're not exploiting the people. Like a black exploitation movie doesn't exploit, um, Black people so much as it exploits the fact that people want to see those movies in those conditions right now. Yeah. It exploits oh, yeah. It, cultural moments, not the people making them. Yeah, and I thought that was a much solid because a lot of like pioneers, like just the way he figured out home video and stuff like that. Other pioneers like that, they're really nasty people or their their movies after a while get grind down on you. And I didn't really have that vibe with him. And and No, so... he's relentlessly positive, even in the grossest movies. And you're about to watch by the way, uh, head of the family, right? Yes. When I asked Charlie in one of our first interviews, because we spent the pandemic talking on the phone and I recorded everything, um, when I asked him what his favorite movie was he ever made, that was his first answer. Well, that was the first movie listed. And it was classic Mike Spiegel. And I'm like, I have to read about this movie before I see it. But yeah, that was the first one. And I, I have all that information from the book that I will tell Carl when we watch this movie so it's demented us... you guys are gonna love it it's 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 just a crazy crazy movie and honestly i'll i'll show my cards i thought it was really good i yeah. love that noir stuff he did like really kind of classic adult stuff it wasn't really dumbed down and and you know but i'll say it, that adam it makes you wish he directed more movies he didn't direct a lot in it in the prime days of 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 those because he was running an entire studio and yeah. pumping out 12 movies a year minimum so no, yeah yeah so Absolutely. He didn't collect as many as I kind of wish he had. Because another classic, I just want to tell everybody, genuinely a great movie, and Quentin Tarantino agrees with me, um, is Trancers with Helen Hunt. Thanks for bringing that up. Absolutely. Uh, and one of the weirdest movies mentioned was Pulse Pounders, which featured a mini sequel to Trancers. Yes. Uh, they were all mini sequels, weren't they, in Pulse Pounders, if I remember correctly? What correct. a weird movie. It was three anthology of, of sequels of, of his own productions. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love, I, that, that was his approach. It's always been his approach is to keep building on his universe. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. And oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dadbandland.com? Uh, no, just uh, Google Dadbandland. It's it's in your podcast. It is. I have a neighborhood cover band, and it struck me that that's kind of a fun thing. Um, right. So I created a podcast where we explore music from the point of view of some guys who play it. I love bad movies. I love NPR. I love Paula Poundstone. 
your audience, you're on your own with this dad uh, band. band. <laughs> dad band land. Come on, DBL. Yeah. Audience, by this point, you enjoyed this conversation. You're ready to hit. You have this movie on pause at zero, zero, zero. What Adam says, go. We want you to go ahead and press uh, play. So, Adam, starting like a three, two, one, go. Nice, even. You got Take it. Take it away. Thank you so much <laughs> for being on the show. Oh, enjoy the movie, everybody. Here it comes. Three, two, one, go. Wow. Elbert, author of Confessions of a Puzzle, uh, Puzzle Meister. That's, that's Will Short's book. Confessions of a Puppet Master, uh, uh -huh. my years in Hollywood. And this movie gets mentioned immediately in the book. But that's his pseudonym. He's Robert uh, Talbot. 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 It's actually Charles Band. He also is the production head. Like Boys in the Band. V Charles Band. Okay. Yeah. Band on the Run was one of his chapters. <laughs> he couldn't resist, right? He could not resist. Hey, I'm with the band, he said. Uh, so check out his brother does the music. Check it out. Funny but eerie. Ooh, spooky. Oh. That's his the music. Brother has the some chops. Now, d doesn't this, there's a big house and some kind of wacky, spooky music playing. Right. What TV show are you thinking of right now? I'm thinking of Fuller House. <laughs> no oh, carl carl i walked by a place in los angeles that had a sign that said full house and i thought carl's gotta see this it's the full house house in los angeles <laughs> you remember how we teased the house that was so much fun oh my god i when carl visited me in san francisco we literally had to go to the full house house yeah we sang to the full house house we sang charles in charge <laughs> that's right they, they chased us away. So we've been staring at this house with this wacky music. What's the mystery behind this freaking house? Ghosts? Well, we'll find out when the writer, when the producer and director credit pops up. What Here does it come. look like? Does it look like... Um, I, I, should, I should recognize that it doesn't look like Dr. Strange's house. It doesn't look like Amityville Horror. It doesn't look like the Adams Family house to you. Don't you oh, have like Adam Family is that vibes? What you're seeing? Okay. Yeah. And here they are. Here's the Adam Family. Uh, big guy, glasses, and sex bomb. Big guy, glasses, and sex bomb. Oh my god! They actually look at have them. names. They're coming closer. Look out! Okay, this is an interesting now? trick. The music stops the moment the, the money goes in the jukebox. You know, you hear like you songs playing briefly. Billy Moore better play nice with. All right, so welcome to this world. This is a group. Uh, we are talking to a biker right here. Okay. Uh, he is a drug dealer, and he's saying, "Hey, man, it was a little light. You better uh, merchandise. Make sure you get money. I'll break the, your buddy's other arm." He's like, "You got it." He's like, "I'll break your arm too." He's like, "Okay, now get out of here, <laughs> right?" Scram. So he's stealing drugs. Here in Lance's restaurant, and Lance is a guy behind the counter, and he's talking to Loretta. His that's the biker's girlfriend right there. And she's, okay, he's Loretta, Porky Pig. Yeah, she Loretta, man, Porky Pig. What's that? She calls her. Her name is Loretta. Uh, is uh, Jacqueline Bovell, and she was originally an accountant. She said you're getting like kind of poochy, eating all that ice cream. Okay, Poochie? now look. Oh, her bot. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was going to say, like, this guy's eating Cheerios. And he doesn't complain about the biker. He says, oh, look, here comes the stack pool. So here they come. Glasses, guy named Wheeler. There's Esperella, the sex pot. And the big guy is Otis. And they want groceries. For some reason, this restaurant is, like, called Shop and Stop. And, you really? know, like the, Yeah, the director said, hey, this works out great. Now go into the restaurant and get groceries. We'll make it a stop and shop. What's what's uh, Sex Pot's real name in the film? In the is Esperella. Esperella. It's like like Esterella. Okay, and that, Got it. Esterella, she doesn't really talk in this movie. Her name is listed as Diane Colasco, but her okay. real name is Alexandria Quinn. She has been in porn movies for the last three decades, and okay. I will give out. I, I would actually like to read a couple of her movie names. Carl, you tell me if you've seen them. Okay. All right. So, My Mommy Bang Brothers 2, Mom Loves yeah. Cock, Hot yeah, Mocha, so. Suck It Dry, Bootylicious yeah. 3, Hard to Swallow, Interracial wait, wait, wait. Lesbian Nation. Well, hold on. Bootylicious 3, Hard to Swallow. It's the full title? No, those are two separate films. One was shot yeah, in I, didn't, I, I didn't see. No. What about Lesbian Hooter Party? Cock Swallowers, yeah. Gangster Bangs 5, Big Tit mm -hmm. Swim Party. Not 5. Maybe 5. Maybe 5. What was okay. the party? Bukaki party. American oh, no, Bukaki party. I didn't party. see that. I don't like it. It's so like I all I'm thinking about in those films is the cleanup. Ugh. Oh, I'm really well. Yeah, that's because like you're when they stop shooting. Oh, what a mess! All right, so getting back to the movie, his girlfriend said, "I got to take a piss," and he goes, well, "Why don't you announce it to everyone?" Now suddenly, did, Lance did she says, go, "Hey, I got to." Yeah, and then Lance goes, "Hey, I'll be right back. I got to go get something in the back." Oh, we're the <gasps> no! Right Loretta. off, the we got ourselves an affair. Oh yeah, there they are. They got their groceries. Food. Why are now, they he... walking like robots, kinda? Yeah, uh, I'll spoil acting? it for you. It's obviously that their brother Myron is telepathically uh, uh, controlling them. Okay, Myron. These guys, they're all, like, I guess they're quint quartets, four of the same. But basically, Myron is head of the family, Carl. He's head. Oh, check this out. I love, I, I'm going to crank the volume. Okay. They, there's several sex scenes in this, and it's softcore, right? So you see her, but you don't really see him. He's always doing it with his clothes on. She wants to be called Scarlet. And they talk. They have, like, six sex scenes in this movie. We could do a tally. They talk through the sex scenes. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like they scheme while they're banging. So damn much time in the toilet. I swear that woman's got a bladder the size uh -oh. of a corn. Uh oh. Oh. Do 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 do. Who is it? <laughs> I still. <laughs> oh, it's a little too dark, but you you're gonna see like she's totally naked on most of this stuff. Uh huh. How low can you go? Well, yeah, where can it be? Uh-oh, Carl. No, Carl. Carl, no. <laughs> Looks like the movie's over. This is going to be like a trauma. Phew. She's in the employee bathroom right in there. Ready, you in there? What do you want? What are you <laughs> doing in there? 
Well, not having sex. Well, whatever you're doing. Well, you know, you see Lance is holding a box right there on his wing. <laughs> Make those credits go away. Okay, never mind. I can see it. <laughs> so, wait, wait. It, is my thing like too dark? Uh, it. I think it's just a dark room. I'm not sure. Well, that was dark. Yeah, I guess maybe it's it isn't darker. the film. Uh-huh. I've watched this film three times, and I watched it once on YouTube and twice on Tubi, and it seems a little darker than normal. Yeah. Hey, Lance, remember me? We just banged. Yeah. Now, this, you know, full full moon. Have you ever heard of full moon pictures? No. No. Who did you? Okay. Your countdown was a was about the director. It was a guy who wrote a book about him. Yeah, so it was the memoirs of director Charles Band. Memoir. And the guy who co-wrote the memoirs was Adam Felber, who is a NPR panelist on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. And he, uh, I'm good friends with him. I've known him and his sister for a while. Uh-huh. He told me about this book he wrote. And I said, well, you got to come on. Because Charles Band is like, you know, we have, we love Roger Corman. Charles yeah. Band is like, what if your heroes were Stan Lee and Roger Corman? right you would create a movie industry and you would also have a video segment called like you know the video soapbox or whatever so he was like a showman like i don't think i was really hesitant because i had heard about this guy hit full moon pictures crank out films like the puppet master movies and evil Mm -hmm. bong and ginger dead man and ginger weed dead i think there's another guy deader weeder men uh there's like (laughs) dangerous dolls he and what he does is like he was doing crossovers with his characters as movies like evil bong versus ginger dead man long before marvel kind of did the avengers on on screen so he was like he always thought of like crossovers and he would be cranking out these for the home market and he would have a segment where it would be like the video zone where he'll be like hey guys charlie band here i have some great news you know what i mean so he was kind of like Stan Lee, and he was he was definitely a Roger Corman guy. And he directed yeah. about seventy movies and produced about three hundred, you know. And <laughs> his films are bad, you know. Like we we've known like trauma. We know, yeah. A lot of people who make these movies are just kind of ugly. You know what I mean? Like yeah, after a while, you don't really want to see it. It's kind of cool how they did it, but his films are slightly. This film is kind of cool. There's like double crossing. What's going on right now is the biker is saying, hey, Lance, congratulations. I now, you got a new partner. I co-own this place and I'll be coming by every two weeks to collect $2,000. Okay, and he, Lance say to he, that extortion. So he goes, he goes to his girlfriend, there's a running gag where he goes, what's the word I'm thinking of? And she goes, brains. He goes, no, that's not it. He <laughs> goes, I'm kind of sort of a, entrepreneurial uh what's the word i'm thinking of she goes shakedown artist <laughs> he goes no, that's not it. He goes, no dummy <laughs> but it what's also funny because they're fucking in the back and then she goes uh my boyfriend wants to talk to you so they didn't realize that he's actually extorting him they thought like right. they knew of the affair he's oblivious to the affair you look he's saying you spread yourself too thin that's why you're all pale you got to go out and get laid dude who would fuck you this you know so this is like 
backstabbing. So they want to get rid of him. And then an yes. opportunity will come to Lance. And Lance's response is fucking extorting, you know, he's Lance is going to face a monster. And in most of these movies, it goes one way. Lance is going to fucking extort the monster. Black. Wow. Man. All right. That works. So this, yeah. So That's it's good. not what I was expecting. I was expecting like some gore, some tits, some gore, and then, you know, rinse and repeat. He's like upping the ante with, uh, well, I've never, like Corman used to always say that plot doesn't matter in these films you you're just showing them sensationalism and um, and i've always thought you should just do both yeah well we, we discussed it with adam uh he charlie charles band talks about what he feel what his definition of exploitation is okay. and he uses a movie he, he did in 22 called uh, corona zombies okay, which was example. he it was it, he shot it the day of the shutdown in march 22 in March 20, and then he released it like in April. And it was basically okay. Tiger Lily where they dub in dialogue in old films. But they have this, you know, uh, original structure of Corona zombies come in saying, Corona. <laughs> and he was saying that for him, exploitation is more something that everyone's talking about and putting yeah. it right on the screen. And well, I mean, the, the word exploitation sounds negative connotation, but really it just means... You're exploiting a situation that'll make people notice it, take, you know, it'll, it'll turn into sales, you know? Right. He has this running series called Kendra and Barbie. And I think Kendra is played by his current wife. Uh, I don't think they're married, actually. But okay. one of their recent movies was Kendra and Barbie Save the Tiger King, starring okay. <laughs> Tiger King, the guy from the documentary. So that's what his, his feeling of like, people are talking about the Tiger King. He's made a Tiger King movie. <laughs> yeah what do you do because in there? Let's curio, it will yeah. pick up and a lot of times like you know he says yeah okay, now, you need who? Now, she's, the waitress is saying waitress. you're playing okay. with fire right you you're right. sleeping around you're sowing your oats loretta oats <laughs> and uh you see the you smoke watch behind her yeah because when howard oats finds out you're out of here he's like i'm a big boy this guy, Lance, he's been in, like, a bunch of movies, and then he stopped. He was in, like, Criminal Minds. He's been Dark Prophet, Days of uh -huh. Our Lives, Burn Noses, uh -huh. Desperate Housewives. But he did, like, movies like Lurking Fear, Siren's Kiss, Shade of Grey, Killer Eye. And I found on IMDb, currently he's a fitness enthusiast, like, as a motivational okay. coach. So Did you say Spider? What did I say? I said Siren's, Siren's Kiss. Oh. Okay, I don't know that. Did I say Spider Verse again? No, I but you, I I think there was a film called Spider's Kiss, and it had Morgan Freeman or something. Yeah, I, I remember the Kiss of the Spider Woman. Is it Kiss of oh, the Spider Woman? I don't know. Maybe now they're well, banging again. This? Is this Lance again or no? Yeah, Lance and Loretta are uh, Lancing. Look, he's so Lancing Loretta right now. Okay, but why don't? Why don't, don't why are they hiding it? Why don't they say, look, we, I want to break up. I think I'm in love with Lance. <laughs> no, so Lance, they gotta they gotta get rid of Howard because Howard is no. black, is 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 shaking down him and they're having an affair. She wants to dead. Look at this. She's completely can, fucking Can you block out him and just <laughs> can we Yeah, you know glasses? She, she is fucking terrific. She's been in like Jacqueline Lowell's been 
in tons of shit. She was originally an accountant, like I said. In 1995, she was voted the number one nude model. And so she went from accountant to model. Uh, she's been in those penthouse videos, those Playboy mm -hmm. videos. She published her own magazine called Babe Magazine. What what uh, year are we talking? Because maybe you don't know, but uh, magazines aren't very current. 90s. 90s, no, when no. magazines were still relevant. Oh, yeah. Okay, now we're, we're switching to another guy. This guy has a truck. This this highway is just a long path, but listen, I, I, I got I don't have Otis name right. Uh, we've got glasses, sex pot, and big guy. What was it? Yeah, big guy is Otis. Big okay, big. Now Otis put a fake detour sign on this straight road. Yeah, and the truck driver is driving into their house like it's a trap. Uh huh. And Loretta and Lance are going to be driving down, and they're going to notice this detour, and they're going to be suspicious. Okay. But right now they're scheming, as more girls do. Against Biker? Yeah, they're gonna get Biker's they're gonna take name? Howard Oates down. Howard, Howard Oates. Oates the Howie Oates. Does he say Howie? No, no, I call okay. him Howie. Howard Oates. That's a I'm a dump. What's your name? Howie. Right? It's not, Oates. It's not flash, it's not Okay. Wait a minute. Right here. That's suspicious. This is. Yeah. Right. That's the thing. That's a. Uh... Hmm. So, uh, it's funny. I, I was reading about uh, Loretta. Her six. She let her sixteen-year-old daughter watch this movie. Okay. Is that bad? And she's she's the complaint was in the article, which is on INDB, was that uh. She didn't like seeing her mom naked so much and that they were having an affair. Okay, so here he is. He's taking a look. He's going to see what's going on, right? Yeah. Because It's a detour right to the creepy house, this, that pool house. And somebody already fell for it. We're not the same people, those dopes. Listen, uh, Wheeler. Okay, well, I guess I'll watch the movie and I'll find out. Well, no, no. Ask me any, any oh. question you have about Wheeler. Uh, I'm just not sure what's the deal. They're luring people in for some, uh, but I'm about to find out, I guess. I know, right? So right there, Otis is banging the shit out of the truck driver on the back of his truck, and like they're dragging him? him into the wacky house. Okay, not killing him or? Not killing him. No, that's a really good point. Lance, I don't think right. Lance has washed up since the act, right? Right, we've seen him fuck twice now. So, but could you just imagine his... Like, okay, he's wearing You pants. think he's crusty right now? Yeah, like, it's like, or who knows? Like, maybe it's been drying, right? Seriously, he's got his moist underwear on. Uh -huh. It must be terrible. Well, I mean, his balls must have gone through the ringer. Okay, so he's like, yeah, we got to Now he's, he's figuring everything out. He just witnessed the stack pulls beating a guy unconscious and dragging him in this house. Okay, so because he's not calling they him. have his truck, or we don't know yet? They also took the truck, and they're this is Florida. Okay, it wasn't oh, about did I mention truck. this is they Florida? They brought him inside. It was about getting him? Yeah, they want they want the truck driver. The driver, okay. Yeah. They're gonna okay, hide so the Lance car. Lance was like, fuck that, and he's going the other way. He's going to go to the house and say, I know what you guys are doing. And if you don't pay me two thousand, I'm gonna go uh, a week. I'm gonna go to the cops. So that's right. how he's been. Look, there's Wheeler. There's Wheeler. 
with that his glasses creepy. off. That is disgusting. Now this this truck driver, God bless. What's going on? What? What? I've what? Done this, this is like what? What? He was in Animal House. Otis. Right. Well, he was in like Tom Kroll's uh, horror movie when we shot his kids. What? What? <laughs> oh, no. All right, so they're going to operate on him, and the guy operating him freaked this guy out, and we haven't seen him yet. Those are double doors? I don't really get that. I think it's just decoration on a wall. Oh, okay, because it looked like a monkey, and it was double doors. Everything's so dark in this cut. We are in a mad scientist basement laboratory, as seen in House of Thousand Corpses, I guess. It's not like sex dungeon. It's mad scientist. And they're all lobotomized, Carl. So they can't okay. even, they're not even thinking about sex. They have their eyes on their bottom. They're lobotomized. <laughs> Wait, let me see. I. Whoa. Yeah. Go ahead. Re- reverse engineer this joke. Their now they're all acting like kooky. One's dental flossing. One is saying the word snow over and over again. Snow. 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 And we go, and you know it's wacky because wacky, wacky music. This kind of disturbs me, Carl, that these people lose their agency, that they're kidnapped against their will and, and okay. experimented and kept alive. Yeah, like but for some reason, no sex. No. So why you, do it? I don't get you're it. You're going to see your bare ass if this was a better copy. <laughs> the thing is, a gross person like that, you don't want to see their bare ass. Here we go. Snow. Snow. What snow. should we snow? Snow what? Oh. Watch, yes. What should we snow? Snow where? Snow what? I get snow who? Just finished the joke already. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Snow. Snow who? No. Snow who? No. Snow who? I know all these people got lobotomized. Uh-huh. The surgeon their moved their eyes to the bottom. No? Okay. No. Okay, here's the Lance and his right. employee. Yeah, there's not that many women characters in this movie. They kind of re- I'm watching um Shazam 2. I gotta be very careful saying the word Shazam because I might turn into my alter ego. But right. or there's like three out. gods. Yeah, so three goddesses are fighting them. And it's this kind of like classic crone, old woman, sex pod, and teacher. And I feel like the three women in this movie, the waitress, Loretta, and Estorella, are yeah. kind of like that variation of the three witches of Macbeth. Oh. I don't know. Okay. But then again, this is my first time seeing it. Okay. Hey, look, I was waiting to blackmail you guys. It's just a small right blackmail. There. If you have a second right, of your time, you I'll like blackmail you later. Wait, he, uh, the R word gets brought on, up a he lot. He said a not woke word. He said an awful word. Well, you know, I spoke over it, but um, Howard has the best line in this movie. When they come in for groceries, he looks at Esperella and he goes, She's the most fuckable woman outside of a mag girly magazine. <laughs> Too bad she's a retard. That's what he says. I'm quoting oh. the movie. And Lance mm. is like, how can you say it? that's not a woke word? <laughs> Someone will be really offended and it's not me, so I don't understand. Look, I think it I think that 
that word is awful and you shouldn't say it because it you really should is. say it but i know but i'm just saying that that we live in a universe and the world went on <laughs> and way back in a time they were saying different things and we're smarter than that now but till they go back in time and go shame shame i'm offended you're, you're okay not, you're denying reality you didn't hit pause did you no and of course not i've hit pause i wanted to hear your speech all right <laughs> how's the view for your soapbox you know <laughs> these characters are reprehensible none there's no good character in this so if one of them says the r word in this movie it's wow. in character you know i mean they're lobotomizing uh truckers that's pretty shitty too yeah so it's just the nature of them i i think and i think the i watched the most recent film of this director charles Brandon. his humor yeah. was like there's a karen she's like let me talk to the manager but it's never really <laughs> i am the manager oh. let me talk to the owner I am the owner. Okay. So now they've so, got here he is. Look, look, there oh! he is. Oh you gotta do that reaction. Face? What the is that the it's head mandatory. Of that is literally he even says the title right now. You could say I'm almost head of the family rated R. Let's hear him. Uh, so yeah, he's Myron. And he with his big brain, he controls his siblings. One is a muscle man known for his muscles. One has big eyes and super cool ears and can see and hear. The other one can fuck at my will. Basically, he'll say her skill is. And uh, that's, that's the, the the porn talent uh, mm -hmm. in, in the movie. Uh, Alexandria Quinn, D Diane Colasso, who was entered the uh, adult industry when she was 17 and she told everyone she was 18. Okay. And when they found out she had to retire and then she joined up again. Okay. So, right. Here we go. Otis is stronger Let's than anybody. Wheeler can, Oh, give me a second. I got to click two buttons. I don't want to hit Wait. the wrong button. Is I it hard me tell you about her special powers? I don't need to. She As for me. Well, yeah. So you're the smart one. Yes, I should say so. I'm the brains of the family. Okay, let me hear it. Think, you know, telepathically. I can't leave this chair, but I can see through Wheeler's eyes, enforce my will with Otis's hands, and, uh, <laughs> well, I need not tell you about my uses for Ernestina. Your fucking sister, dude. One brain. But he's having... Four bodies. Say head of well, the family. there, Marin. He's, I, I thought guess he did. you're the one I need to be talking to. He should be. By all means, talk. Now let's just oh, say maybe he's a conversation that somebody happened to see a strange old here. roadblock a couple of All nights right, you ago. Can mute it. And this fella, he happened well, to hang see on, just... uh, Otis here dragging some poor fella out of his pickup. This is such a good movie. Like, Lance is so good in this. He looks at the situation, he sees this monster, and he's like, you know what? My, I'm going to blackmail you, right? He doesn't <laughs> give a shit. It's really kind of smart. Like, he, he, they're both like monster versus, you know, shyster. It's fun. Yeah. Shyster. Shyster. I could say that word. Now, uh, one <laughs> of the things that Charles Van mentioned, like, he, he mentions this movie up front, and it's a fan favorite. It's one of his favorite films. Adam really likes it too. But he was saying that he used forced perspective to pull off this whole bullshit with Myron the Big Hat. So the, the, 
the they're looking at a, it's a clo he's closer and yeah. we don't so that the camera angles like those are puppet hands and that's an actual yeah. actor this guy's only been in four movies but that actor is set so up his, normally with right, the puppet so hands next to him is going into uh his his face goes like into Lance is not looking at Lance is looking down at a certain direction right now when he's talking. Mm -hmm. So it does feel like it's real. And we'll get to a scene where Lance, Loretta, and Myron are all in the same, they're all positioned, their heads are all positioned the same way. They figured out a way to do it. I'll show it to okay. you in a bit. So he's just basically saying, I wrote all this information down and I gave it to a, in a letter and I gave the letter to a random lawyer. And <laughs> I told him if I don't call you, he calls me. And if he, you know, if I don't call him to go to the police and, you know, I get a call and I, I give him a code and he knows it's me. So he's basically uh, blackmailing yeah. Myron. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Usually, like in trauma, there's like some sick shit, and people are, you know, Mine is been busted. intellect. Yeah, this one's got a story. Yeah. Forced perspective. So he's closer to the camera, but they did it with shadows. So yeah. It feels like he's right next to him. There's a lot of puppetry in this movie. Basically, he ran a studio. He, during the 80s, he had something called Empire, or, uh, a video and he did ghoulies that was him he didn't direct direct it but he produced ghoulies ghoulies 2 was an outdoor carnival shot in a, a giant sound stage in italy okay. that he, uh, he owned at the time and then i guess he did, was responsible he did troll he produced troll wait wait wait, wait 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 we saw ghoulies 3 he didn't have anything right. to goes do to college I, i'm sure it's a full moon i'm sure it's an embassy uh it's an embassy empire picture meta he did he owned a video store and one of the first video stores in beverly hills uh -huh. and he he gave this great story about this rich woman from beverly hills came in and had the cassette and says it doesn't work i put it on top of the tv set and it doesn't play and the movie doesn't play yeah oh my god okay he goes, do you have a vcr she goes excuse me what <laughs> but uh, you could really think you place it <laughs> There's no mechanism. Yeah, she thought like it would like seep through the TV and play the movie. Yes. Okay. And he said he he said oh that like intent like rabbit ears yeah. maybe she was thinking. Okay. It would touch the TV like back then you had those like cabinets you know. Okay. Okay. No, but I I could see it if it was like well the regular TV gets it from the air so you place it on top and it should go in. Like a TV antenna, I think one that you don't need to connect to. Okay. Yeah. This is a long scene. This extortion is uh, brains going for it. Brains will agree on it. Yes, he talks like you know, he he profundo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one That's thing I should mention. Deal. Is R W whatever? I actually didn't write his name down, but looks like we have a deal. We have a deal. All right. So the deal is. You get rid of this Howard Oates, and I won't, I won't go to tell. the cops. All right. Guess what they're doing right now? Having sex. And they're talking. Carl, can you even talk during sex? Well, okay. <laughs> <Matt> down. So <laughs> they do, wife... like, dirty. I'm oh, sorry, Carl. I'm sorry. 
Well, it, it's routine. So finish your thought, and then I'll do my routine. Please, I want to hear you. Yeah, man. Look at that. They're talking during doggy style. Yeah. It's like so farciful. It's like Grand Grial, like this, you know, it's Grand Grial. He's going to be dead. He's going to be dead. Deader than dead. Deader than a dog, dead in a garbage dump. Right? Right? Dead in a dog, dead in a garbage Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm still stiff. I can't even talk in a sauna. You're in a steam room and someone starts a conversation. <laughs> I can't. My wife talks in bed, which you might think is pretty sexy, but it's the thing she says, like, uh, 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 did you add Keith to the car insurance? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, my wife says the same thing. Oh, no, she says, uh, God damn it, have you been eating crackers on your, in the bed again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all itchy. Oh, there's ants. All right, so she doesn't talk at all, right? She's just hanging out on the side of the road waiting for little Abner or what have you. Howard yeah. sees her, and, and, like, he's drawn. She has this yeah, ability. Yeah, she's sex pot. Yeah. Sparella? And then, oh, Forget it. The thing is, like, bait and switch. She baits you, allures you. And then Otis uh, switches Switch. and punches you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, this again. Mm. Oh. oh, right. Mm. Oh, the biker has been killed. I have, but you, I have, you know, you owe me a favor. Force perspective. So he's close and she's standing back further. Yeah. And then I think there's I some scenes where they might know to look for it. It's well done. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, he's a practical effects guy. He's been making, like, he's, his first couple movies in the 70s were, like, car chases. There's a movie called Crash, which is one of his first films. And you can see the wires on the trucks as they go, the vans as they go off the road, and you can see the wires snap uh -huh. off. Like, it just so happened, you know, but it was all practical. It, just, it was still in the shot, or at least the, the version I saw. Yeah. Now, is Crash the famous Crash? No, this one. is from 1978. Thank you. And it has oh, an exclamation point at the end. Crash! Oh. Oh, have you ever seen that 1978 movie? Crash! Sorry, it's the exclamation point. <laughs> his film, he I has this motif. I think like horror directors and directors have like a motif. You know what I mean? And they follow it over and over again. And yeah. like, so his are like demonic things. Well, I mean, like, you know, you could look at David Lynch movie and over the years you see the same themes pop up. You see doppelgang evil doppelgangers in Jordan yeah. Peele movies. There's, right. there's certain horror themes that I see. And then for Charles Band, he really is into, like, demonic possession. You know, maybe the puppet starts coming to life or maybe an amulet causes you to crash into people in 1978. There's a whole, like, real cool, like, evil weirdness. It's kind of cool. I don't know. This one, not so much. This is like a standalone, practically. Really? Oh, and it's yeah. one of his favorites. Right. Okay. Oh, it's he, he, yeah, uh, here we go. Uh, hang on. Uh, uh, content warning. They go, listen, you can't be hanging out here with your husband dead. And she's like, why not? He goes, okay, take off your panties, <laughs> which he does. <laughs> oh, it's dinner time potato. for the potato. Oh, this is like you fish burgers. It. Your this eyes is... are on the bottom. Oh, because they're lobotomized? Eyes. Uh, lobo. Maybe that's the way I go about it. Her eyes were on One the bottom because she was lobotomized. Two potato? One. Ooh! Throw potato at wall! 
Where's dental floss guy? <laughs> Her eyes were Dude. on the bottom. Carl, that's a terrible joke. Because I don't get it. Where's the eyes come from? Low bottom eyes. Low, low. Uh, you see, lobotomized. 